This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 124. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited because I have an awesome guest on the show today. He is the author of If You Don't Ask, The Answer Is No, a practical guide for getting through college without falling through the cracks. So if you're a parent or maybe you're going to college or university, this is going to be the podcast for you to listen to, especially if your parents and you want to advocate for your children that are going to university. I have such an amazing guest for you on the show, Dr. Rick. Schlesinger. He grew up in Pennsylvania and he has a bachelor's degree in communication from the University of Pittsburgh. He also has a master's degree in counseling and he also has his doctorate in higher education administration. So we are in amazing hands here today and I'm so excited because the book is going to absolutely help so many people. Rich, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so happy to have you here. My pleasure, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me. Ah, so, okay, first of all, the title of your book is amazing because it's so true, right? My dad used to always say, well, if you don't ask, the answer is going to be no. And so I love this because it really does imply that idea of advocating for yourself. And, you know, and sometimes it just takes that ask. But before we jump into your amazing book, I would love to just hear a little bit about your background. And if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be great. Sure. Uh, So as you mentioned, I did... uh graduate from the University of Pittsburgh, uh, where I grew up. Uh, I studied uh, communication. I was originally interested in going into broadcasting. And then, um, as often happens, I made some career transitions and ended up uh, gearing more towards counseling. And I I wanted to work in higher education. So I uh, graduated from Edinburgh University in Edinburgh, PA, uh, about two hours north of Pittsburgh. And um, I started, uh, that was my gateway into higher education, and I worked at a um, college in Arkansas for a couple years. It was a grant-funded position. I was a career counselor there, and around the time the position was ending, I started working on my doctorate at uh, Nova Southeastern University down in sunny Florida. So um, one thing led to another, and I was able to finish the doctorate, and I was hired at a college in uh, Canandaigua, New York. Uh, Finger Lakes Community College, and I um, managed their career services office for about 15 years, and during that time, I also taught on the side. Uh, My specialty is, uh, in addition to communications, I I teach uh, interpersonal and speech. I've also taught uh, career explorations. I manage the career services office, so I help students figure out what they want to do and then how to get there, and uh, I've also done uh, some consulting in the uh, public and private sector. Uh, I've done a lot with, uh, I know you're familiar with Myers-Briggs type indicator. So uh, I've done a lot of uh, work in terms of career counseling and also applying it to communications to help people understand how they communicate and um, you know, a lot of application there. So I did that for about 15 years and then I kind of, um, I did the uh, 
counseling, uh, manage the career services offices. And then I also uh, got more into um, MBTI and uh, doing one-on-one counseling on my own. So then shortly thereafter, uh, I've also was a stay-at-home dad for over five years. So uh, I have experience on both sides uh, in the personal, uh, professional world, as well as uh, being at home. So I appreciate that as well. Uh, I was then, uh, I left and I was hired at Genesee Community College in Batavia, New York. Uh, where I currently teach part-time. I'm an adjunct instructor in the Department of Humanities. So I teach speech, interpersonal communication and career explorations. And um, my new hobby is also writing books. So here I am. Yay. Okay. So first of all, let's finish with that last one that you say, your new hobby is writing books. That's so exciting. (laughs) But back it up. Like, holy cow, you have so much education and knowledge and training and experience that, oh my gosh, it's, it's just like a wealth of knowledge. This is this is why I love books because I literally, you know, it's people who have taken so many years of experience as well as years of education and training and expertise in their field. So I'm just so grateful for you writing this book, especially because my son actually is, you know, he's starting college, you know, in the fall. And um, I know my niece is as well. She just started university. And um, there's a lot of my friends around me, too, that have children that are, you know, starting uh, university. So I'm so grateful for this book that you've written and and for hearing a little bit of background about you and your life and um of course, I've gotten to know you over the course of the past few months, but that, you know, and I always joke that you're, you know, well, you're smarty pants. <laughs> it's like squeezing your brain out is just amazing. So I'm so, I'm just in awe of your, you know, your level of expertise and training and education. It's just so commendable. So I'm curious, what inspired you to write this book? So great question. So I've had this topic in my head for Many, many years, I have to say, um, I I was actually thinking about that the other day, how long it's been in my head. And I would say at least um, 20, 25 years, uh, I'm kind of giving you a clue how old I am. And so I've always wanted to, I've always felt like there was a void in in the advocacy area in that um, there just, it was just was such an important topic that always seemed to maybe fly under the radar too much. And I always felt like there was never enough attention uh, given to it. So that became one of my goals to um, put this book out there and draw attention to what I think is um, a critically important issue, not only in higher education, but um, in everyday life for people. And uh, so that became the impetus for for starting the book. Um, And as for why I started it now, uh, it just kind of felt like the right time, I have to say. It just um, maybe it was because of the COVID crisis and, you know, everybody is working from home more. But I don't think that's uh, quite uh, accurate. I think it just felt right. And I'm a very intuitive person. And I, so I decided to uh, finally, um, you know, hit the keyboard and, you know, put it together. So. <laughs> Yay. Um, so, okay, this is amazing. So the reality is, is that it, it felt like the right time for you, but I'm so curious, like some people may not understand, like I, I said to my son, I'm like, do you, if I were to say, um, self-advocacy, would you know what that means or how to, how to, how do you advocate for yourself? And so, you know, for the people who may not be familiar with that term or may not be familiar with this, this concept, um, could you explain that a little bit more and also like, and why it's so it's become, it's part of you, it's part of your heart and you're really passionate about self-advocacy and student advocacy and 
advocacy for parents as well. I, I would love to just like dig into that a little bit more too. Sure, I'd be glad to. And I'll um, back up for a minute. And the whole, the foundation for advocacy for me, and I wrote about this in my introduction, was one thing that always stood out in my mind after over a quarter century of teaching is, um, you know, of course, uh, questions. Um, there were a lot of great questions, maybe some of them, uh, you know, harder for me to answer. But it was always the questions that were not asked. And I always remembered, even as a student, way, way back um, when the instructor used to say, any questions? And some of them were really good about adding that obligatory pause, right? Or to give people time to actually formulate them. <laughs> Others, you know, not so much, you know, they're, you know, like they're in the Indy 500, any questions? Good, none, off to the next one. So it always dawned on me that there were so many questions that either we as the instructors were oblivious to or just never got asked. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to call attention to that as you know, the foundation for advocacy? So to, to your question, that's um, really, I think the first fundamental tenet of advocacy is just asking, you know, and that's uh, obviously it's reflected in the title. And um, so many people are hesitant, right? I know students are often afraid they'll you know, sound ridiculous or they're embarrassed, so they're afraid to put it out there, but just make it your mindset to just ask, you know, err on the side of more communication rather than less. And um, so that's true advocacy to me is, at, I, I always say the question is far more important than the answer. Oh, so I love that. Asking. Say that again. I'd be glad to. The question is far more important than the answer. So when in doubt, put it out there and just ask, you know, anything from like your textbook, your, your tests, um, your office hours back to education, things like that. Things that, you know, and don't assume that everything is crystal clear, you know, and don't assume that, um, you know, si silence is also consent. So when you don't ask, your instructor assumes that everything is crystal clear. So, you know, it's, it's a way of holding people accountable. And you know, students invest a heck of a lot of money in higher, as do parents, in higher education. So at the very least, you are entitled to, you know, have your questions answered. Oh, that's so amazing! And I love the way you put it. Make it a mindset to ask. Mm -hmm. And like the listeners could even like you know, if they don't, if they they're not going to university themselves or college themselves, or they're you know they don't have children, they can also apply advocacy and self advocacy. They can apply that mindset also to their life, um, you know, in many many ways as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love that. Like, you know, more communication than less, right? And really right. engage, don't withdraw, engage. Ooh, I love that word engage. It's, it's so easy to withdraw these days. We all stare at our phones and text incessantly. Right. And, um, and often we text conversations that we should be having in person. So it's become kind of an escape for us. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's another one of my goals to help draw attention to that and make people more aware of how important it is to, you know, don't hide behind your phone, put it out there, put the question out there for all to hear. Wow. And, and you do raise something really interesting too, is this idea that maybe they're embarrassed or they don't want to seem, you know, unintelligent or, you know, so sometimes like that might be some things that get in the way of the ask, right. And, and get in the way of like, you know, advocating for themselves. So I'm really curious, like what is the most important points that you hope that the reader can learn from your book? 
Well, I think that's number one, um, you know, asking the way you learn is by asking questions and engaging. And I think to that point about people being uncomfortable, I think it's like anything else you practice. And, um, you know, I'll be the first to say when I was an uh, incoming freshman in college, you know, I sat there and stole cold silence in many classes. And there were lots of questions I had that I didn't ask. And, um, you know, and I regretted it years later. And I always thought, and I always admired those people that had the, you know, presence of mind to just engage instinctively and comfortably. And, and if you are a, um, an introvert and it's just not your nature to do that, I understand. And um, it takes time and it takes practice to step out of your comfort zone. But I think um, in addition to making you more um, you know, active, engaged in everyday life, I think um, you, know, you will enhance your career prospects as well. You know, students that engage and ask and advocate slowly and surely, and um, you know, they often don't make any noise about it, they quietly build their record. You know, they start to get involved and, you know, questions lead to more questions. And sometimes it piques curiosity and it just opens up so many more doors for you as a student. If you, you know, learn to master that skill. So I think those are the most important points that I'd like to, you know, hopefully convey through the book. Amazing. So really important to engage instead of withdrawing. And I love that word. Like it's almost like showing up in your life, like fully showing up and not holding back, you know, in fear or hiding or um, withdrawing. I like how you put it to withdrawing. It's like showing up and, um, and also I love that you tie this into the idea of career prospects and tying it into this idea that it can actually enhance your life and it, it can actually make, you know, your whole experience on college on campus rather, um, that much more beneficial. Like, can we talk a little bit about that? Like how engaging and showing up can really benefit, um, college students. Certainly. Well, there's a quote in my book, um, Woody Allen, 90% of success is just showing up. And uh, somebody uh, imparted those words on me many, many years ago when I was um, maybe a college freshman, and uh, it had quite a profound impact on my development. And I always remembered that. And I always, to this day, try to engage. I think sometimes there's a national national a natural tendency rather to just withdraw. And of course, you know, with COVID, it's obviously a lot harder to get out. A lot of people are under lockdown. I get that. But, um, you know, when things begin to open up and you're able to just engage, just show up, um, you know, too, too many of us, you know, we withdraw, people are on their couches or in the dorm. They don't really connect with the outside world and you become, you know, lo and behold, you wake up one day and you realize you're completely disconnected. You know, maybe you, you went to school, you got your grades, but you have nothing else to build on. So when you make it a point to show up, connect, engage, you just open up so many doors. For example, maybe you join, maybe you wander over to student activities and just look at the clubs they have, join one, just start showing up. You know, maybe you learn, you know, you join a language group, maybe you join a meetup group, you know, maybe you start hiking. And But there are a lot of fascinating people out there in this world that, you know, are waiting to hear from you and to be heard. And um, I think it just behooves you to, you know, connect with them. I mean, it will just enrich your life so much more. And, and when you think about um, from a practical standpoint, when it comes time to interview for a job and, you know, your employer says, tell me about yourself. And all you say is, well, I went to college, 
I graduated with this degree, and here I am. <laughs> Maybe the next candidate says, not only did I go to college, I was actively involved in student activities. I was in the, you know, the student uh, hiking club. I was in a news club, and on and on. You see the difference. Yes. Other things being equal, the candidate that's more well-rounded has the advantage. So. Uh -huh. That is so, they, yes, definitely. But yeah, it, it definitely will increase their chances in the future, like for career, you know, mm -hmm. prospecting and things like that. But I love how you put it too, is that in positive psychology too, they study all the power of connection and that other people matter is the bottom line of, yeah. of positive psychology, right? Connecting to others and other humans and co community. And so mm -hmm. I love that you bring that up and that it's like, yeah, like getting out there into your world and engaging is like joining clubs, you know, groups and like, um, actively participating in things together. And, and I love the way you put that. And I think that's so powerful. So mm -hmm. what do you think the biggest and most significant challenges are facing students today? I think certainly uh, socially, and again, taking into account uh, where we are with this pandemic, I think just engagement in general is challenging. A lot of students are, have been you know, relegated to Zoom classes. Uh, I know my last semester was Zoom only. So I think that's number one. And I would venture to say, even without COVID, I think it's just, let's be honest, it's not easy to engage for a lot of us. Some of us, it's not our nature. You know, it's hard to step out of your comfort zone. So I think um, just being able to, you know, buy into that mindset of the importance is, is challenging for a lot of students to convince them of the value of that, um, you know, and I, I can only speak from my personal experience. I found when I started making it a point to just showing up at events or, you know, I would try to volunteer my time, for example, or going to gloves. I just felt um, like the experience was so much more enriching for me. And, and I compare that to, there was a time in my life in my college when I didn't do that, where I was the just, you know, go to class, come home, go to the dorm, you know, maybe do some homework, have dinner, go to sleep, rinse and repeat, right? And it just felt like there was this great void, you know? And I just made me wonder, is this all there is to it? There's gotta be more. So um, yeah, getting them to buy in is, is the biggest challenge and um, marketing to them. Yeah. I love that idea. And the concept is that you will benefit from being fully engaged and you will benefit because I, and I love this idea too, of shifting the mindset that like even the title of your book, like if you don't ask the answers, no, like almost putting that on the wall. It's like, if you don't show up, right. You, you're not going to gain all these wonderful experience. If you don't ask 100% the chance of them, like the answer is no, just by not asking. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I love this and how you bring in this element of experiences because we know happiness isn't from things, you know, um, it's actually from experiences and things that we are participating in and like sense of accomplishment and achievement and, you know, showing up and, and connecting with other people. And there's so many goodness in everything that you're saying. And, and um, I think that would help help a lot of students that are actually struggling, or maybe they're feeling it's challenging, and feeling maybe isolated, um, or withdrawn, you know, and then they're college students, I think that this book will help so many students so that they can yeah, engage. And, and, and I like how you said it too. It's like, it's practice. You, it's, it's not natural for everybody to, to do this, but almost making it like your mantra is so exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what advice? Okay. I love this part because I am a parent, right? Um, 
And so what advice would you give parents um, that have children maybe in, or maybe going to college or applying to college or university here in Canada or, you know, something like that? Mm -hmm. How much time do we have? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a lot, I, I guess I would start with, uh, first of all, continuing with the engagement theme, uh, stay engaged with your, your children. But um, I would also say that's a bit of a, a trick, a fine line, because I think you want to be engaged, but not um, smother them. So I think you have to, I think, you know, you, you want to make it a point to find the right balance. You know, and I talk about this when I talk about advice for parents and the different parenting styles, uh, some of which, um, you know, parents tend to maybe, you know, or a little over the top with smothering other other times, um, you know, the types of parenting are the opposite end of that spectrum where they're very, very distant and um, completely disconnected. So I think that's number one, find the happy medium and find the right balance. And, um, and there's a saying, I also, I have this uh, in my book, when the learner is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is a transitional time of life where you're finding your identity and you're discovering independence. And, um, you know, you want to make sure that you, you know, you give advice when it's asked. And um, I know a lot of parents are probably listening to this and thinking, well, I'm paying the bills. So <laughs> darn right, I'm going <laughs> to dispense advice, whether it's solicited or not. And I get that. Uh, I understand. But I would just say, you know, be mindful of the need to, to guide, but not dictate. And mm, yeah. And, yeah. And engage in the process. Um, and I also talk about this in my book, communicate. Um, a lot of parents have students that are maybe going to be far away from home for the first time. So it sounds a little bit uh, counterintuitive, but I would say communicate how to communicate, how you're going to communicate at first. So are you uh, going to text? Are you going to talk on the phone? And you have a regular time and, um, you know, make sure. I think there are a lot of things that happen and maybe your uh, son or daughter want to communicate, but they just don't feel like they have the connection. So you have to have the connection before they leave the door mm -hmm. to go to college, I think. If you don't have it by the time they're out the door, then it's often hard to develop it. You know, once they're off and running, it's, um, you know, they're literally disconnected from you in some cases far away. So um, trying to connect in advance. So, okay. First of all, I happen to know that there is a whole entire bonus section in your book that is all for the parents. And so it's such a wonderful bonus section to your book and every parent is going to want to read that section. Um, and so I love that. I love how you even say like communicate how you're going to communicate. Um, because for example, like Damien and I, we communicate, he's in BC right now. So we communicate through FaceTime because then I can see his cute face and we feel like we're together. Like I said, even if you're cooking dinner, like, you know what, just prop me up on a thing, put me in your ear while you're cooking dinner. I can sit there with you while I'm cooking dinner. Like, and so I think that you're really like, there's so many wonderful strategies in here. And, and I know we talked a little bit too, not yet here in this interview, but um, before about snowplow parenting and like um, how some people, some parents have a tendency to 
remove all obstacles for children and like they they're they're like making it so that the the path is clear or you know it's probably in Canada it's more called snowplow parenting in the states where you're from is probably more like <laughs> um lawnmower lawnmower parenting like mowing the lawn um it's like clearing in other words clearing the path um so that they don't have obstacles and trying to make life as easy as possible but and I know like in the psychology world is that that actually does not promote resilience so I, I love that you talk about this in your book. Did you want to share a little bit of information around that as well? Certainly. I think um, first and foremost, in order for true growth to take place, you need to experience all of the pitfalls and the challenges. And, you know, you need to roll through the, I call them the vicissitudes of life, like uh, we all do. And um, you could make a compelling argument that, yes, if you are one of those snowplow parents, you know, maybe you keep your child from failing and keep them out of um, harm's way. I get that. But I think um, failure is inevitable. You know, we've, we've all stumbled, right, at one time or another. And if you have the, fortune, um, the benefit and the fortune of being able to, to fail and learn from it on your own without any supervision, the next time you're just that much more prepared. So I think by snowplow parenting, what in effect you're doing is you're setting up a more colossal failure later by clearing, by preventing failures now, you're actually setting up, you know, yeah, a major, hopefully not catastrophic event later, just because <laughs> uh, students, you know, children don't know how to react to it. So um, I think that's so, so important to just be mindful. And, and let's be honest, a lot of us, you know, we, we all have histories and maybe some of us who are snowplowers, maybe we were snowplowed as children. So that's all we know. So I recommend um, a lot of self-reflection and, um, you know, a lot of uh, work to figure out your motivation behind it. Um, that's not to say you necessarily should go to a counselor and that's not for everybody, but I think it's important to, you have to understand you first before you understand, you know, what you project onto your children. Yeah, so true. Self-awareness is key for sure. Okay, so while we're wrapping this up, I know people are going to want to get their hands on a copy of your book, especially, you know, if it's grandparents or, you know, and they know that their kids are going, their grandchildren are going to university or um, so tell us, like, do you have any last little bit of advice or anything that you'd like to share with the actual college student that might be listening? Sure. Um, I think, um, well, first of all, I hope that um, the book resonates with everyone, whether you're a college student or a parent or a grandparent or, or you know, even an adolescent. Um, I think um, my first piece of advice is just start doing it actually, you know, just start engaging and um, start, um, you know, be mindful of where you are. If you're online, for example, if you're, you know, taking all your classes or Zoom, you know, start thinking about ways where you can engage. You know, this pandemic is not going to last forever. So when we come out of it, you know, set yourself up to be in a position to engage. So, avail yourself of all of your resources on campus. I talk about how to do that in my book, um, how to, and also how to make sure your rights are protected. So I would say, you know, start, and, and I know it's very overwhelming for a lot of college students. Uh, they get bombarded with tons of mail and 
literature during orientation. And of course, they're focused on their books and their classes and, you know, social life. I get that. I, I was one. But, um, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, you know, I would be looking for ways to connect outside of the classroom. And um, if you do that, I guarantee you, your next four years or however many will be much more enriching and much more fulfilling. Oh my gosh, so many amazing nuggets of wisdom there. So definitely just start by doing it, start engaging, showing up and um, be mindful of where you are so that you um, can figure out ways that you can engage and then also tap into your resources. So all those resources that are available to you and, you know, look for them. And I, I always say like, and I read Marie Folio's book and it's all about, it's everything's figure outable. And it's mm -hmm. like, and that's kind of like tap into your resources, figure things out and um, also look for ways to connect. So jumping into your life and looking for ways so that it's actually you're advocating for that. So mm -hmm. I also have to say that you are the perfect person to write this book because you have so much perspective. You've been on every side of like the desk, in the classroom, in front of the student. You've been the student for like many, many years. So I, I'm so grateful and thankful for you writing this book. And I know a lot of parents and a lot of students are really going to benefit from, from reading it and all the wonderful wisdom so that they can advocate for yourself. So I thank you so much, Rich, for being on the show and for sharing all your knowledge with us. It's been so amazing. My pleasure, Andrea. Thanks again for having me. I really enjoyed it. And now, of course, his book, If You Don't Ask, The Answer Is No, A Practical Guide for Getting Through College Without Falling Through the Cracks, is available on Amazon actually today. And uh, you can get your copy, you can get a digital copy or a hard paperback version of the book as well. And I'm also going to do a book giveaway. So all you have to do is take a screenshot of this episode and uh, that'll enter you into a draw. If you share it with your social media, make sure that you tag me in it so I know you've done it. And that will enter you into a draw. I'm going to give away five copies of his book and I will send it to you. So definitely uh, enter yourself into that wonderful draw because you're going to definitely want a copy of this book. So thank you again. If you like this podcast, it's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasidel.com where I take all these books and I hide them in this big, massive vault. There's hundreds and hundreds of books in there for you to learn and discover and grow from. So I really encourage you to head on over to my website so you can gain access to this vault. They're just waiting for you to read. Also, if you've been thinking about writing a book or, you know, you've lacked the time, maybe the focus and the know-how to get it done, or you've been wanting to publish your own work, well, look no further. Spend no more time wasting trying to figure it all out because I'm your girl. I am a book doula. I actually help people painlessly give birth to their books through book birthing. <laughs> so let's turn that dream into achievement through birthing your own book because books change lives. So head on over to my website to find out more about that as well. Be sure to subscribe here so that you get the latest episode. And of course, share this with your friends, write a review because it really helps grow the show. 
And finally, I just want to thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm just so grateful that I get to show up and read all these books and share the learning experience with you. So until next week, I'm sending hugs.